everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast where we rank every story from A to Z. I'm Adam. And I'm Zach, and y'all, I'm gonna just rip off this band-aid. We hecked up. Uh, there was We had a great interview with Jerry Duggan, uh, all about planet-sized yeah. X-Men. Um, and then, now we don't, um, due yeah. to some technical issues that... We just can't get through. It's um, okay. It's out, out of our control, Zach. And it's uh, out. these things happen. It's out. We can we can acknowledge it, and we can let it go. Yes. And that's what we're doing here. Uh, but we got to a point where I decided I did not want to break our uninterrupted win streak of having episodes, <laughs> and we didn't have time to read a bunch of stuff before we had to record again. Mm-hmm. So we decided we would do a Q&A special where... We solicited questions from you, the listening audience, and we're gonna we're gonna answer them. Yeah. Let's have fun with it. So we're I'm Zach. Back. That's Adam. We're, we're gonna said our names. We're gonna uh, pop a brew here, and uh, we're gonna answer some questions. Are so you, are you getting that good ASMR content with? The I did. Well, I think I think they heard that. I don't know. Let's see. You got one. <laughs> No, it's already my beer's already open. Oh, you already opened yours. Okay, well that's all right. We, I was grilling. This is my dinner beer. <laughs> dinner beer. All right, so you're gonna ask me a question. I'm gonna ask you a question back and forth, and yeah, and we'll see see how far we get. Yes. So I've got I've got questions that I solicited on the Patreon, and Adam's got questions that were solicited on the Twitter account. That's the Comics XF Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. And we're just we're just gonna go with it. So I'm gonna start. This one comes from uh, Patreon supporter Kyle Still, who asks, "It seems like telepaths are a dime a dozen in the Marvel mutant world. I can't think of any other telepaths, however, that are not mutants. Any theory as to why there's that disparity? Like why? Wait, is the question why are non mutants telepaths? Is no, why the... are there? Why aren't there? Like why are there a high density of mutant telepaths and not a high density of non mutant telepaths? Well, I I think it's because it's a fun power to play with, so writers just go to it. I think that's all there is to it. You know what I mean? I th- I think it's a little different. So there are non mutant telepaths, like Moon Moon Dragon is a telepath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all of the Eternals have some weird form of mind linking with the Unimind. Right, right. Is the Unimind the Eternals or is it... For, no, that's the Forever Man or whatever for Jack Kirby's. You're speaking Listen, a foreign language to me, buddy. I don't know what that is. <laughs> let's not worry about it. But I think for uh, for mutants, uh, the, problem, the problem was that they got really used to having a telepath right at the start with Professor X. And then mm-hmm. he faked his death faked his death he died and then they said oh dang well gene now has telepathy and then it became a thing and then then gene died when they wrote yeah when when gene died uh rachel who was her daughter got wrote into the book pretty soon after that and she has telepathy because her mom did and then she had to get written out of the book so psylocke came in and had telepathy and then everyone came back and then there were just a lot of established characters and it became a trope of x-men yeah, that's. I think that's pretty much it. That they they just keep recycling the power, and then now they're just all chilling together. Yeah, everyone's just vibing now. All right, uh, we've got a question here from our buddy Dan Grote uh, at Daniel P Grote on Twitter. Zach, you ever think of just giving it all up and becoming a Usagi Yojimbo podcast? You mean, are you talking about Usagi Yojimbo? Uh, Usagi the, Yojimbo, the the Ronin. The, yes, the rabbit the samurai, <laughs> uh, Stan Sakai's great creation. I think of Usagi Yojimbo constantly. I have only been an Usagi Yojimbo fan for like eight months, uh, but it's the best comic. Um, everyone, everyone says that it's good, and it has been for thirty-five years, and they're right. <laughs> That's just all there is to it. It's a perfect comic through and through, 
and has always been that way. And it's phenomenal. And Stan Sakai is continuing to do incredible work over at IDW with the book. Uh, I love Usagi Yojimbo. It would be really hard to do this podcast with Usagi Yojimbo, though, because all of the stories are just about as good as everything else. Like <laughs> Everything's number one. There's, <laughs> it's Liz, Grass Cutter is probably the overall number one because Grass Cutter's real good. But I'm trying to think of Usagi Yojimbo story that is comparatively at like our number 100 spot. Like they're yeah. all kind of better than that. So there's no like uh Stan Sakai at 500 the Draco. Like that's just not possible. I, mean, I don't I don't I don't like Space Usagi all that much, but a lot okay. of people have fond memories of Space Usagi. That was a <laughs> spin-off that Stan Sakai did when his friends uh uh Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird made a lot of money on the Ninja Turtles and Stan Sakai <laughs> wanted to get in on that. So he came up with Space Usagi, which was Usagi Jimbo, but in space. And then uh, there was a TV show that was very similar. I think it, Bucky O'Hare. Yeah. That failed miserably. Yeah. Uh, so then no one wanted to buy Stan Sakai's Space oh, Rabbit. Oh, that's a show. bummer. That's a bummer. Listen, he gets Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles residuals. So Stan Sakai's doing all right. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. They've, they've made video games of, of Usagi. Mm. Uh, Miyamoto Usagi's great. Uh, and Adam, I think Dan also had a question for you that we can just knock out here. Over the years, we've watched you level up as an artist. What's something about drawing you still find challenging? Oh, well, first of all, thank you for thinking I'm leveling up. I'm just trying my best. And uh, I guess legs, like, I know the anatomy and I know how legs, like, connect to hips and connect to torsos. and But I have a tendency to still draw them kind of short and... I don't know. There's always something that I could be drawing better, and I, I'll i just keep trying. How's that? I mean, that works for me. I don't know how to draw anything. <laughs> we know this. Uh, Christian Smith on the Patreon said, Given the events of planet size, how does Zach feel about calling Mars so early in the run? And I want I wanna to correct something on this. I called Mars before the run happened. <laughs> yes. I called Mars based on... And I am not exaggerating this. Nope. The cover of House of X, and that was it. Yep. One one teaser. That was it. I got it in one. Uh, and <laughs> I here's here's the here's the secret. If you reread that article, most of it is incredibly wrong. Some of it oddly right. But we've been building to Mars for a while. Uh like Mars is explicitly talked about in House of X Powers of Ten. It's not what Krakoa is. It turns out uh it turns out if I would have known that there was a secret second Krakoa called Arako, I would have <laughs> said that would become Mars. That would have been part of it. I didn't know that there was a secret second island and that's what Mars is. I got now that I say that out loud, I got way closer than I thought. You did. Adam, if are you, you if, I, what's that? If I was you just read that ask, article, you you do uh, kind of describe Krakoa. You're just describing it on Mars, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. But I've got to ask, Adam. Yes. Did, did I handle it with grace? Was I insufferable this week? <laughs> you really weren't. And I was kind of expecting you to be, like, more jubilant and more um, over the top. But... Uh, given that we read the review copies on Monday, I think that, you know, we all sort of had uh, a shared like appreciation for it, but we also knew this was coming. You know, I think we, we saw the writing on the wall. Um, Literally. As soon as the planet size cover came out uh, by Pepe, I think we were all like, all right, Galm is finally happening and we're finally oh, going to Galm. <laughs> what if they, what if they named it Galm? Can you <laughs> Yeah, instead of instead of Planet Araka, what if they named it Galm just so Hickman could have that typo be right? That would be amazing for people who don't literally would in in the original first printing of House of X one, the doorway to Mars is written as Galm and Krakoan. Um, so I like to affectionately refer to Mars or now our Planet Araco, Planet Araco as Galm. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's great. Uh, is it my turn? 
Yeah, it's your turn. All right. Um, we have a question. Speaking of Krakoa, we have a question from Krakoa itself. Uh, this is from at Krakoa Welcomes. Could Krakoa grow a bagel so big that even he could not eat it? I've thought about this because I saw this mm. coming. Yeah. I want to say the answer is yes. And here's why. Okay. Krakoa feeds on the psychic energy of mutants. Right. And not on bagels. That's true. Krakoa, regular sized bagels, Krakoa could not eat. Because Krakoa doesn't eat food. Krakoa eats mutant brainwaves? Oh, I like the way you're answering this. So you're saying that it doesn't even matter how big the bagel is. I'm saying that anytime we ask these kinds of questions, we have to be thinking (laughs) holistically about what the answers are. And I think the answer is that that's not what Krakoa eat. Krakoa, Krakoa, you know you don't eat that. You eat you eat mutant brain, mutant brain energy. They feed you Xavier's. That's so great because I was imagining like a giant bagel the size of an island, and uh, you know how many mutants he would have to eat to to generate the energy to create the bagel. But you bring up a very good point. There's no reason for Krakoa to eat a bagel. He doesn't eat bagels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, next next question on the list. Uh, this comes from Alexander Lundquist uh, from Patreon. If you could go back and restart the podcast based on what you know now, what would you do differently? What would I do differently? I would... Um, I don't know if I would do much differently. Uh, I mean, if you listen to the first couple episodes, they're a little rough. Like, I, I love the way that we finally got into, like, the, the, the format of the show. And that, that works really well. Right. Um, maybe we could have gotten into the, the sort of themed, uh, shows a little faster. I, I don't know. Cause like, uh, I just, into, so we got we, into those by like episode seven or eight. Yeah. It's not like there's a huge gamut of, of shows that are just kind of a mess at the beginning. It, it's once we get going, we're doing okay. You know, here's what I would have done differently. Yeah. Okay. You and I would have talked before recording. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> We would have, we would have just had it. We would have had a session where we just chatted. Uh, the first time me and Adam actually heard each other's voices was uh, when we ran the podcast for the first time. We did three episodes in a row, recorded on a Sunday because we thought we would be too busy to do the podcast, and it turns out we were. But the podcast was really fun. Yeah. So here we are, two hundred and something episodes later. All right. Uh, I also probably would have gotten a better mic sooner. I'm just, yeah. If I'm going to be real, the first 20 episodes, I'm not thrilled with my audio quality. Uh, well, in this, in this scenario, we know what we know now, right? I think they said that. So, yeah, I, I think I would probably have, like, at least my current setup, which I've had for a while. But that would be a, an advantage. We probably would have set up video chat sooner because I think that has mm. worked to bounce back and forth. We started that over COVID because... We started doing video calls with some friends anyway, and we were like, yeah, this is easy enough. Yeah, yeah, we did some live shows. I think it helps. All right, here's one from our good buddy at Robert Secundus. Uh, what is your favorite fast food fish sandwich, Zach? Oh, this one's easy. For me, it's Culver's. Uh, they're a North Atlantic cod fish sandwich. It's a well, like it's a good quality piece of fish. Uh, it's well fried. I just in a nice way where it has a nice crispy exterior, but still has a juicy interior to it. So it's mm. really good. Uh, the the tartar sauce that they use, I think, works pretty well. Uh, and I like the I like the bun on it. the The roll that they put on is fluffy, a little buttery. It's what you need. How about you, Adam? Do you have a favorite fast food fish sandwich? I, I do not. Uh, and I, I, you know, obviously Rob has been exploring the world of fast food fish sandwiches. Um, uh, over the last few months, but I, I mean, I live at the Jersey shore. I have like fresh fish all the time, uh, from really good restaurants. So the, even the idea of getting a fast food fish sandwich sounds deeply unappealing to me when I could just go down the street and have like fresh cod fish and chips. You know what I mean? Like just, I'm being pretentious, but it's just what I got. Adam, Adam's a, Adam's a local, local fish boy. Uh, and that works. I mean, Listen, if there's a fish fry down at, like, the Knights of Columbus or the VFW, uh, you know I'm going to be there. Uh, yeah, there you go. But 
That's only that's only on like Friday nights during Lent. You can't get that. You can't that's get true. that all year round. Yeah. It's a little different here when you live right next to the ocean. You know what I mean? Us us Midwesterners, we uh we take our fish where we can get it. <laughs> I understand. All right, what you got? Okay, uh, this comes from Jeremy Rosenstein. It says, hi guys, love your show. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you have you. mentioned in episodes that some of the past artists and writers on X-Men have become problematic. I would Ooh. I would question that they have not become problematic. They just always were, and we Maybe are older and wiser and willing to rectify some of those situations and deal with them. Uh, does this affect your reading of their stories and or their issue placement on the big list? Um, yeah, big time, especially if it's something that happened, you know, recently in the news or, or, you know, we're just finding things out that, that we didn't know before. I think it definitely influences it, but you know, the, the best example is, uh, you know, I, I think going into episode 100, we probably still had a pretty fun convivial, uh, impression of Mr. Liefeld and, uh, you know, he cameoed on that episode and, uh, you know, he's really kind of turned into someone very bitter and, um, not, not super fun, uh, in his online presence. Now in retrospect, you know, maybe he wasn't as like in on the joke as I thought he was, but you know, Oh, Rob the... had no idea about this. I just paid him $35. <laughs> no, what I, he that's not, not what I mean. Know. I mean, in on the joke about like, how people perceive him and how he was like willing to right. be sure. the butt of people's jokes as long as he was a cash cow. But it has really been recent, like within the last two years that he has just kind of gone like real dark. And so, yeah, I mean, that's, I, I can think of other writers um, and some artists that we have talked about on the show that I think it definitely influences it because I don't necessarily want to look at that work in the same way. I think for me personally, it's I I have always been able to compartmentalize things uh, a good amount. Maybe that's just me rationalizing away, not wanting to deal with problems or what. But it's something that I tend to want to be able to, you know, put things in boxes like this is the work and this is the person who created it. Now I'll tell you that's a lot easier to do with artists than writers. Uh, because when there's when there's things like artists can definitely put bad content into a book, uh, no question about it. But writers tend to have more of that control since they are driving the characterization, they are driving mm -hmm. the plots, the motivations, things like that. So if you have if you have like a misogynistic writer like John Byrne, that seeps into his work something fierce oh, it's absolutely. hard to look at his stuff and you know not see it mm -hmm. and that's that's where the that's where there is a big challenge for me like there is a there is an issue of wolverine uh that is frank thierry's response to uh issue of the punisher that garth ennis wrote where the punisher rolls over wolverine with his theme roller classic uh and and Frank Thierry just makes it this weird homophobic thing about how actually superheroes are cool and I'm very uh, very tough and macho and manly and you should stop making fun of me for liking superheroes. Uh, and considering my interactions with Frank Thierry uh, and the interactions I've seen with my friends, uh, I don't particularly uh, like that kind of toxic attitude. Um, so yeah, that kind of stuff does absolutely seep into it it probably i'm probably able to bucket things away more than some people but it's very hard especially since x-men is recent stuff to like if it's a new thing i absolutely don't want to support somebody who is a trash writer or a trash person like yeah i don't want my money going towards that i've got better things to do yeah all right so I think we, we summed that up nicely. Um, 
you know, who knows if the Tokyo Olympics will actually be happening. I've heard that there's like all kinds of things happening with people walking off the job or whatever. But we have a great question from at Natalie Eve Comics. Uh, would Krakoa and Krakoans be allowed to participate in the Olympic Games? What do you think? Good question. I, the answer is no. And I'm pretty sure that's because uh, it's been explicitly answered that uh, Jean-Paul Boubier uh, could no longer participate in the Olympics. I think I think a hundred percent they have answered uh, that no no what no mutants cannot compete against baseline <laughs> humans in the Olympics. That's that's a that's a wild wild choice, and there are definitely legitimate real world situations where people are trying to limit who can play in sports and whatnot, and that's a metaphor you could make in this case. And I would argue that the mutant metaphor is pretty weak and falls apart. And no, they have a man who can run at the speed of sound. He cannot be in the hundred meter dash. That's that's, that's not unreasonable. The answer is yes, you're faster and you're kind of being a jerk. If you want to prove on the stage that you're faster than all these people. So you can win a medal. They're trying their best. I would love to see uh, Krakoan uh, Araco Olympics. That would be pretty sick, you know. Now, okay, now we're <laughs> now right? we're on to something. Mutant Perhaps Olympics, a contest of champions of swords. There you go. There you go. Ten of swords too. It's uh, five of rings. <laughs> wah, wah. Ten of swords too. Constant contest of champions four. <laughs> Uh, well we got we got a future crossover there all right we do uh i've got one here from austin gordon uh, our friend a friend of the show friend of the us uh if you could each elevate one character into a higher place of prominence within the line uh put them in the x-men make them a member of the council whatever who would it be um i mean i think i made myself clear during the x-men vote that I have really had a newfound respect for Marrow, and I would love to see more Marrow. Um, and I, I'm, I think that's maybe going to happen. I mean, we've seen more Marrow in the comics, at least a couple of brief appearances. So I'm hoping that happens. I just, I've found a newfound respect for that character. Uh, Zach, you, you've been getting some maggot appearances lately. I mean, what, what do you think? I have. Character you want to see more of? I. Listen, I'd love to see more Maggot because Maggot has vibed places. Uh, he is he is a he is a I don't know what the official role is. He's an ambassador to other mutants to help them come to Krakoa, which is <laughs> rad. Uh, he said all cops are bastards, which is rad. Like real happy, real happy for uh, the Maggot that's appearing in VDA All His Children of the Atom, uh, which I like to think I had a non-zero role in making happen. Uh, <laughs> Vita, if you're listening, thank you. Yes. Uh, but I think, I think, I think Maggot is, until someone has a dedicated Maggot story, I'm fine with him just showing up and living his best life. I would like to see Blob, Fred Dukes, get a better yeah. role. I like that yeah. he's, I like that he's happy. Like, if Krakoa is about self-actualizing, I think he's self-actualizing right now. Sure. Um, but I want to I want to see like he's only had a handful of speaking roles, uh, and there was one right after Ten of Swords where uh, he was talking about how he was upset that Betsy died, and I was like, "Oh no, you're gonna break my heart." I want yeah, more of him. There's he's not much. One. There's not much more to that though. You know, like it would be great to see more. Uh... Okay, is it my turn? Let's see. Um, it is your turn. Okay. Um, Ross at RP Hutch nineteen seventy five. Who was the MVP of Planet Size X Men character wise? In your opinion, we're only allowed to pick one character each. Who's your MVP from Planet Size? 
I mean, Magneto, right? Like, <laughs> everyone did super dope stuff. There was a there was a man who became every every worm, like there there's a there's a person with ocean for blood. That was gonna um, be mine. Is ocean blood Arico person who I, whose name escapes me, but Magneto. Magneto man. was the project coordinator of terraforming Mars. Gene did a lot of great stuff. Storm did a lot of great stuff. Magneto does in fact get the gold star on this one. <laughs> Unsung he hero, unsung hero has got to be hope though, because hope amplified yes. so many different powers in that issue to make that happen. But man, when you got a, a mutant who just like slices himself open and creates an ocean, and he looks like a giant like gecko, I was like, this is rad. <laughs> oh, the axitotal guy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, next, uh, next question comes from Tim Maytom on Patreon, who asks, what characters returned to prominence during the Hoxpox era has been your favorite surprise? Has been my favorite surprise. Um, yes. All right. I got to think about this for a second. Cause there's not, I don't know, like return to prominence. It's Cypher. I mean. It's Cypher. Yeah, okay. It's Doug. Cypher, Adam. That's a good answer. Doug Ramsey is finally good. Yeah. Uh, it's great to have Warlock uh, back in the mix. Like, you know, all right, here's what I'm going to say. Like, uh, Vita's New Mutants right now, just, like, absolutely killing it. And I, I think that, like, that as a team, as a group, I'm just really enjoying the vibe there right now. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, a single I am, character. I would... The, the only challenge with Vita's New Mutants is, I think, with the exception of Rainboy, mm. pretty much all of those characters in that book have more or less been well-served over the yeah. last, like, even right before Hawksbox. Even uh, Jimmy was in a, he was in X-Force, and Brisson wrote, Brisson wrote a good one, and he was in Weapon X before that. Like, he had yeah. been in starring roles for a while, and, like, like Glob was... Ed Brisson had been writing Glob, so Glob was good up before that and through it. And Glob's going to come back and with a vengeance. I'm giving him time. Uh, <laughs> Polaris, I think. Yeah. Uh, yep. I think uh, the way Leah was writing it, uh, Rachel was really great. Um, you know, before X yes. Factor ended. Jeez. Um, X Factor turned into Trial of Magneto. Let's focus on the positives. Yes. No. Well, I you know I know that there's there's more to come, um, but yeah, I I don't know. I, I had another character in my mind, but I, I can't think of who it is. Okay. Uh, here's one for you, Zach. Um, this is from at Uncle Shouty. Favorite alternate universe slash non canonical costume. And I guess it doesn't have to be X Men. I'm. N- the answer is Sunfire's Age of Apocalypse outfit, an outfit that's so good that they brought it over to the <laughs> regular world multiple times because it rules. Yeah, and and his it makes look Sunfire in, look good. Yeah, his look in the Laraz uh, Duggan book kind of looks like it too, doesn't it? I mean, I mean, it's not exactly the same. It's but... evoking. It's evoking some of that. Yeah. No, but it's it's pulling from that same like barely contained flame but in a different way than the human torch Mm. yeah i think i would also go with an aoa pick and go with uh aoa colossus when i saw the aoa colossus build a fig that they're gonna release i was like this is so cool i just love that look but i i I think that's just because i love that book i don't even know if the look is that cool but it's like colossus as a ninja turtle (laughs) it's listen the bandana works for him it really does uh Brian Hewson asks, what creators that haven't worked on the Krakoa era books would you like to see in the future? Hmm. Um, I would, oh, I still, oh, let me think about this for a second. There was a, is it, is it Junie Ba? Who just did the the one shot for DC? Yeah, Jenny Ba, Jenny Ba. Uh, I uh, absolutely. Yes. Um, still have yet to read that, 
but I love Junie's artwork and I would love to see, you know, maybe just a fill in, maybe an arc, like just really great artwork. And I, I would love to see that. Um, anybody on your hit list there, Zach, that you'd like to see step in for a little bit. So Jenny Ba is a good pick. Um, from artists, there's a ton of incredibly talented artists uh, that I love, and I don't know. I don't know who I would uh, pick. Casper uh, Wingard, uh, who's doing Homesick Pilots right now, uh, mm. would be a great pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. I think stylistically, would fit in there. Um, I don't. There's a lot of freaking good artists, and I would need <laughs> to figure out what the book would be to say like, oh yes, they would need to. As yeah. far as writers that I think would be interesting, I think Rom V would be Rom V's getting hot right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think Rom V would have a lot to do with uh, Krakoa stuff. I think Eve Ewing could put on a really, really good showing. Uh, he won't do it. I would love to see what Tanahisi Coates does with X Men because. <laughs> Even when he was writing Black Panther and Captain America, all he wanted to do was write X-Men. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's... I'm there's trying to some... th- I'd love to see RB come back. Um, uh, oh, I would... I would love to see RB get... Well, no, RB's going to be doing an issue of Inferno. Oh, right. Yeah, because oh, it's one one of a thing, right? Uh, one of four. Um, would love to see yeah. Adam Gorham I'd, I would come like back. to see... Love to see Herman Peralta. I think come Leona Kangas would be. Ooh. Herman would be good. Liana Kangas would be a great art pick, I mm. think. She's been doing a uh, a Kickstarter book. Yes. Uh, that I have been. called True Cult, that I really do like. Mm. Uh, and her art is the standout of it. Yes. Uh, she's, she's in for a big, big uh, star making turn soon, I have the feeling. Uh. Would love to see Elsa uh, Charatier um, jump in, maybe do an issue. She would be very. She'd be good. She's amazing. I I think Mario Tamak or Marcio Takara. Mariko Tamak or no no Tamaki. Uh, Mariko Tamaki. I uh-huh. think I I did not care for her X twenty three series. Okay, but I. I have enjoyed a lot of other things, and I unfortunately think that X twenty three series uh, is not fully fully on the writer on it being an issue. I think I think she was given a lot of unfortunate plots and direction that she had to uh, do that left a bad taste in my mouth. Mm. All right, those. Um, wow. I'm trying to think because I. Would Listen, love to see. I could uh, sit around. I know. I was just thinking. I'm like scrolling through my. Uh, yeah, Sana Takeda. Um, like, there's there's just so many really good artists. And if we didn't say your name, um, we still love you. Uh, okay, so those those are good. Uh, here's a good one. If you could, this is from at Hush Ruined. If you could re-rank one story on the list, which one would it be, and would you rank it higher or lower? I think we've talked about this more than once recently, or maybe it was it was on a uh, it wasn't a recorded thing. It was just a live stream we did. Yeah, uh, I would probably bump down X Men Grand Design hmm. uh, a good chunk. Uh, we put it on there right as it ended, uh, like I think the week it ended, it got added to the list, and I hold that the first issue of X Men Grand Design is an incredibly well done thing. And I think Ed Piscor does some fantastic cartooning throughout. I also think that the story sucks and is a bad <laughs> adaptation of things. There was a lot of re- re- uh, recency bias when we did that. So, and of course um, I, I still, bit. I still live for the day that we elevate a uh, new mutant summer special um, in honor of the genius that is Anne Nascenti and Brett Blevins. So, uh, maybe one day Listen, that'll happen. I've read a lot more Innocenti recently. <laughs> I've read a lot more Innocenti recently. I just uh, last weekend I read the seeds. The seeds. That her yeah. and David Aha did. Mm-hmm. Is the book good? I don't know. It's definitely worth reading, though. Oh like, yeah. It. I. 
I give a lot of credit to books that take a big swing. Mm-hmm. Like, Hoxpox is at the top of our list. One, because it's fantastic. But two, I value the big swing more <laughs> than just about anything. Sure. And they went for it. They went for it and they hit it out of the park. Uh, so, I don't know. We probably there's there's some stuff in the middle of the list that's probably bad and we just haven't thought about it in a while. There's lots of shuffling we could do, but uh, part of the fun is is trying to navigate through the list, even though it's uh, a little bit of uh, you know a hot mess sometimes. You know, depending on where you look. So it's I'm, a it's a it's a <laughs> labyrinth of our own design. Exactly, it's our own mess, and we'll deal with it. Dang it. Mm-hmm. Uh. We just answered one about the list uh, that mm. Chuck Marsh asked. Um, and then Tony Thornley, uh, our bud Tony. Tony! Wants us to make a cast of oh. X-Men for an X-Book. Uh, so we're he's got multiple criteria, so we're going to do one after another. Uh, and you're going to go first. So it's a cast for an X-Book. We're going to, we're going to do this as a draft. Got it? Okay. Is any other like guidance for like what kind of an X book? Yeah. Or or, no. or is this um, like uh is this like um a Dadaist poem where I'm gonna say one and, and it's just word association here? Maybe. Your only direction is the cast is at least one of uh-huh. the O five. Oh shoo, okay. Pick one. That's it? Quick. I have to Time's right I have now. to start with an O five? Yes, pick one. Time's running out. Okay, um, I pick um, all. Uh, I pick Beast, but uh, Sorcerer Beast from All New before he gets sent back Gene. in time. I pick Gene. Pick Gene. Okay, so we've got Beast Gene. Gene. Uh, how many? T- how many people on the team uh, total? One of the All New, All Different. Yeah. No, we're each picking our own teams, bud. Oh, we're oh. I wish we were collaborating. Okay, I would have picked somebody different. We're not. Um, we're. I thought each I was throw. I thought I was doing this One to of throw the you all off. New, all different. All right. Um, I will take Storm. Nightcrawler. Oh, that's a good one. One of one of a third generation, uh, including. Okay, let's actually let's just break these out. One new mutant. Okay. One new mutant. Um, I'll take uh, Warlock. Danny. Good pick. Good pick. One Gen X. One, want, a, one Gen I want, X. I want Jubilee. Oh, that's cool. I want Paige. Perfect. Good Good pick. Uh, one new X-Men. So one of the kids. Armor? Does that armor count? No. Armor will count. Armor will count. Armor counts. Alright. I was if I wasn't gonna do armor, I I'd pick. do surge. Okay. Uh let's say let's say rock slide. We need a we need Ooh, a big funny dumb that's guy. That's good, yeah. One former villain. Um Magneto. Oh dang. Dang, he's that's right. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> you could do it. Pick Onslaught. <laughs> no, I'm not going to... What? Onslaught's bad. Who's a good former villain? Uh, Wait. Oh, no. It could Give just be a... Give me Blob. Yeah, there you go. All right. Give me Blob. Give me a big boy squad for Blob and Rock Slide. <laughs> Is that uh, our and team? one wild card. One wild card? I want Marrow. You got a wild card. I'll take Marrow. Marrow's, a, Marrow's very wild card. Now that I say <laughs> that out loud. Marrow, quite a wild card. Uh, who's going to be... Who is the most likely to press a button, even though they shouldn't press a button? Mm, uh, dupe? <laughs> Multiple no, men? Jamie. But <laughs> okay, actually, no. Jamie is the most likely to press the button. <laughs> mm, yeah, let's go. With, let's go with Madrox. There you go. 
All right, that was fun. So you know, that's, that's our team. We should do that as an episode. We should do like a draft episode with, with like a snake draft or something, you know? I never thought about that before. That'd be a, we'll that'd be that, a we'll theme. We'll keep that in mind. Yeah. Thank you, Tony. That was a good one. Okay. Um, let's let's knock out a few more. Uh, we're all on. We're out of the Patreon ones. Okay. Uh, I've got I've got one that I want to ask eventually. Uh, but. Um, which uh, this is from at Chomung Xer. Uh, which X-Man is the best at cooking and which is the worst? It's Gambit and Jean Grey. This is established. Gambit's the best and Jean Grey's the worst? Absolutely. I'm going to say... puts raisins in potato salad. Ugh. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm going to say for worst, it's probably Jubilee because whenever we see her, she's got like candy bars in her pocket. Um, that doesn't really establish very uh, good healthy eating. And uh, for best, I don't know. Somebody's got to be whipping up food at the Green Lagoon. Is it Blob? Is it Fred? I, I don't know. I don't know who's cooking there. But that's a great question. He's I don't know who's 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 cooking cook. at the Green Lagoon. He likes the, the finer Lagoon. things in life. No, he does. He does like the finer things in life. Yeah. It's in that bad Dennis Hopeless story. He likes to eat <laughs> uh, like good good food. Yes, yes, sir. <laughs> All right, give me one. All right. Uh, our our friend Charlie Davis, genetic ghost on Twitter, asked, "Using your limited knowledge of wrestling, book a five match pay per view card. Also, please name the event. We are not doing five. We can do three. Oh my God! This this I read this before. This question terrified me. Okay, uh, which let's name the event. Um, uh, I definitely want to see Orange Cassidy versus Andre the Giant." I want to see that matchup. That just sounds like a lot of fun. All right, what you've got you've got round 2. Maybe. I think I think round 2 um I think this is going to be a tag team match. Mm. Uh is round 2. And it, it's going to be uh it's going to be uh the Luchasaurus and Ooh. uh Jungle Boy Jack Perry, Luke Perry's Jungle son, who's Boy. a wrestler. Yes. Um, and then they're going to have to wrestle against. Um, okay, the the tag team duo of Incineroar from the Super Smash Brothers series, mm. and also King from Tekken. So you've got you've got two little wiry guys in king and in uh jungle boy jack perry and then you got you got some big dudes in uh the luchasaurus who is a lucha lucha doing dinosaur and uh and also incineroar the pokemon from uh pokemon (laughs) all right let's finish up with a, a ladies match uh let's do um uh asuka um versus uh, because I Asuka? like Oscar. Sorry, Asuka? yes, Oscar. Because I'm good at pronouncing things. Um, and then let's put her up against um, Paige from Fighting with My Family. Um, so it's not actually Paige. Let's let's put um, what's her name in the ring. Um, Just the actually actress. Florence Pugh. Yes, let's actually have Florence Pugh against Oscar. And that's that's the the final wrap. All right, we need a name for this this tournament. What is it going to be called? Um, the Clash on Krakoa. I don't I know. I love it. Love it. Clash on Krakoa. We got it. We nailed it. <laughs> I was terrified All of right. that question. Let's do. Let's do one oh, more it's piece. Fine, we can make it up. I was going to make a joke about the iconics. Yes. Okay. You pick. You pick one. And okay. I'll pick one. Okay. Um. Okay. Hold on. There's so many. Guys, thank you so much for asking all these questions. There um, are a lot of good ones. Yes. Okay. I don't like that we can only pick. I have three that I want to pick, and I don't know which one to do. Well, do you just... All right, because I'm not sure which ones I want to do. You just want to do those three, and then we'll, we'll call it a day? Yes. Because we're, uh, we're on fire here. We're doing so the great. First one, the first one comes from uh, number one question asker, Asimov Fangirl, Ooh. Uh, who asks, Hi, 
if you lived in the 616, would you still be doing an X-Men podcast? If so, would it be about the real-life team or their comics published in that universe? Oh, man. Asimov Fangirl always asks the best questions. Um, I assume that I would be spending most of my time, uh, given the fact that I live in New Jersey, running for my life, given the amount of times that New York gets destroyed, um, and just living in a constant state of, of PTSD and trauma and, and, and like just trying to stay alive. So I don't know that I'm podcasting. I think I'm like in a shelter a lot of the time. <laughs> uh, but I love the question about the real life yeah, team versus that's... the comics. That's a better question. What do you think, Zach? I think, I think that I have read one X-Men comic book from the Marvel universe. Mm. Uh, Codename X-Men um, that Mark Millar and Sean, was it Sean Phillips? Did the art on. Uh, it's not very good. So, no, I would not be doing a podcast about that <laughs> that brand of comics. So, um, we're, we're, we're podcasting about the real team. Now, uh, Dan the McMahon, uh, friend of the show, mm-hmm. asked... List your favorite scenes in television and film where someone crawls through the air ducts. <laughs> Zach, this is a personal attack on you, man. Oh, Dan. It is a personal attack on me, <laughs> but I have two I have two answers. I want to hear yours. Uh, let's see. Go with, um, I mean, uh, Die Hard is the first thing that comes to mind. Absolutely love Die Hard. The problem is Die Hard's good. Die Hard's amazing. I hate the vents. Die Hard is good. Yeah. I mean, if we're being realistic, you you can't crawl through ductwork. It's it's gonna hurt a lot, uh, and you're gonna get stuck. It's and, gonna be loud. Yeah. It's going to be small. Mm-hmm. There are there are exposed sheet metal screws that they just go th- exactly. straight through because no one's supposed to be crawling in it. <laughs> sheet metal screws are sharp. Also, sheet metal sharp. You're gonna get yourself all jacked up. Um. So crawling through vents is bad. Here's one I do think does it right okay ant-man oh because Ant-Man does it right because he's the size of an ant yes he could he could feasibly do it Mm. um what people don't understand about uh people don't understand about climbing through ductwork even at a small size is that air has to move somehow Mm. so there's fans in the ductwork that you would have to go through (laughs) And they aren't, I know what you're thinking, and no, they aren't slow-moving kind of those fans. I sell those fans for a living. They're fast as all get out, and I know that one person who I previously worked with who was not very smart did stick his finger into one of them and almost lost his finger. It was hanging on by a thread. Oh, it's bad. Amador uh, made some choices, and after that... We had to all not ever be in the lab when something was running because he ruined it for all of us because he stuck his freaking hand in there. It's like, come on, dude. Oh, man. All right. So my plans of reenacting Mission Impossible 1 uh, where they go through the ductwork and lower Tom Cruise from a rope. I guess I'm going to call that off. I'm not going to do that anymore. All right. We got one last question, right? This comes from a friend of the show, Cerebrocast. Hi, Connor. <laughs> uh, Connor asks, will the new X-Men title reunite Lorna with her sister, Zaladane? And I <laughs> responded to him, cannot emphasize enough how much Jerry Duggan will not be in attendance. Connor he said that, that was fine and just wanted to know what we thought. <laughs> Will Zaladane return? I, do, I don't see it happening anytime soon. In but... X-Men. Specifically in no. X-Men. Mm. I don't see Zaladane returning in the new X-Men title. I'm going to be honest. Listen, I'm going to get real close here. Yeah, get real. Get real. I don't care about Zaladane. <laughs> I, I, know, I know Connor does. I know. I know. I know. I don't care about Zaladane. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine if Zaladane never shows up again. And I know this is a personal attack on a lot of people. I don't care about Zaladane. But also, if Zaladane's going to show up anywhere, it's going to be in X Corp because she's a Savage Land person. And the Savage Land is where X Corp has some farms and stuff. 
I like that. That was a good motivational talk. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I mean, listen, I, listen. I think I think that Connor over there has some connections to some people who write X Force or oh. X Force X Corp. Oh, so okay. Con- so make Connor, the magic. Connor make the magic is the literary agent. So, like, I don't, I don't think that it would be professional <laughs> to tell a client, "Hey, you should rewrite this big old thing to put in this this joke." But also, I know from experience that X Men writers can be bribed if they think a bit is good (laughs) oh man what a way to go out all right well uh folks we do apologize again um we are going to try and get jerry back and uh i think jerry's been agreeable to that um so we will get we're working we're working on something uh, yes yeah it was just bad bad timing uh right now we had to squeeze this session in and then we couldn't make it uh Make it work again, unfortunately, but uh, we are we are going to make it work again. Yes, uh, we are, and it'll be it'll be fun. Thank you for uh, sending in questions and hanging out with us uh, today, Adam. What do you got going on right now, um, folks? If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's uh, Arthur Stacy and um, Zach. Anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Go to go to Comics XF, do some things, read some stuff. Uh, really, this podcast is more about that website than uh, than anything that we do. Stop, stop, stop. It's really not about X Men anymore. I'm pretty sure, <laughs> folks. The if joke, you would, if joke, you would like to, I told Adam I'd edit this one. <laughs> yeah, if you have time, uh, rate and review on uh, iTunes or whatever podcast service you use uh, we love that kind of stuff and next week what do we got going on zach uh next week we have going on uh the crucible we're the gonna talk about the crucible all right it's gonna be exciting but until then this has been bow the atom we hope you survived the experience Get it!